Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. want to just say happy post-Labor Day to everyone listening in. You know, it's a uh, the unofficial end of the, the summer season where, you know, everyone is kind of having a little bit of fun going to the cookouts and, you know, just enjoying the last bit of uh, this warm weather that we've been having. And, um, you know, surrounding Labor Day, you know, we always do here uh, on this show um, a post-Labor Day special. In fact, I like to call it Labor Day Live. And um, sometimes I do it on Labor Day, sometimes the day before, sometimes after. So, um, in fact, over the last couple uh, weeks, I've actually been rebroadcasting some of the the past Labor Day Live shows, all-time classic shows. And so that's what I want to do today. Um, I want to talk a, uh, a little bit about politics. Um, I want to talk about a lot, you know, a lot going on as we get closer to uh, November. A lot going on with uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, just that whole thing. You know what I mean? And hopefully, you guys have been following me over the last several months, where I've just been breaking down and analyzing the uh, election from a perspective that you won't hear from the mainstream media, a perspective that you won't often see on, you know, social media or, you know, uh, it, it really anywhere for that matter. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I want to do Ask Daydon and Vice Hour. You know, I've, I've gotten some really good topics uh, over in the Friends of the Daydon Tolbert Show group, uh, some really great topics sent in to me, um, really uh, provocative uh, Ask Daydon and Vice, you know, situations that I want to um, shed some light on this afternoon. And um, and I want to talk about the, the VMAs. You know, if you guys know anything about this show, you know every year I do a – uh, an annual post MTV VMA awards special, and I, I also rebroadcast the last few uh, of those that I did over the last week or so, where I, I talk about the uh, you know just really everything. You know, we talk about the the celebrities. You know, what um, kinds of imagery, demonic, satanic imagery, um, you know, pieces of the agenda that are being shoved down our throats. Um, and so, you know, just a lot of stuff surrounding surrounding that I, I talk about. And so um, I, I'm going to touch on that today. I also want to get into um, just, you know, the, the my, my new race relations segment where, you know, I, I really talk about our community. You know, I want to spend some time talking about Colin Kaepernick. And, um, I mean, I mentioned him the last time we were live in the, the protests, and there's been a lot of new developments with that situation over the last few weeks. So I want to touch on that. Um, just touching on a lot of stuff, you know, stuff within our own community that's going on that we can do to, uh, you know, to to change and, you know, make a difference. You know, I know, uh, you know, Chicago in particular, there were, you know, just Labor Day alone, Labor Day weekend, there were, you know, 13 people killed, 52 people wounded. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot that needs to be discussed. And so that's kind of uh, the direction I want to go in uh, this afternoon. Uh, shout out to everybody who tuned in to the season premiere special I did last week, the uh, the first episode of season 11 here on the Data on Tober Show. Just, you know, it's just a blessing to be to be here and, uh, you know, be able to have longevity. And um, that was, you know, a pretty, pretty entertaining show, informative show. Um, check out the archives if you, uh, you know, if you missed it. And also, too, I want to direct everyone to, just in case you missed the show prior to that, the last live show prior to that on uh, why am I still single? I've been getting a lot of women reaching out to me over the last few weeks, you know, thanking me for that, you know, asking where can they find the 
the archives, you know, this is like I told you guys before, you know, we're we're approaching 2017. There's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of friends with, you know, friends with benefit situations, elongated, you know, situationships, you know, going on, you know, that people I I believe at this point are really ready to uh let go of, really ready to you know, look at the self-reflection process, look at, you know, what needs to be done to, to finally have love, you know, with the man that God has for them. And, you know, for many that that show was a, uh, you know, was was the start. And, you know, many people have reached out for private counseling since then. So, um, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, let's get into it, though. Let's get into it, man. I want to talk about, um, like I said, I want to start off, I usually start off talking about, you know, the politics, man, get that stuff out of here. You know, first, um, I posted online. Uh, hopefully, everyone got a chance to to watch the uh, the commander in chief debate. You know, um, you know. I mean, it's really amazing. And I, I didn't get a lot of responses. You know, on that post, I you know, I, in fact, I I didn't see a lot of chatter. You know, on social media about about the debate. You know, uh, I mean, this is this is a pretty important election. This is a pretty big thing. And you know, what I'm seeing. And you guys may be saying something different, but I, what I've been seeing is I see a lot of people, like you, you see like the media focusing on a topic or the media says this, NBC, CNN says this, and so everyone reacts to that. But it, there, should, there should never, if we, you know, collectively understand that the media lies, that the media is, is controlled and operated specifically by the government, there shouldn't be that level of excitement or a higher level of excitement about what the media says than there is surrounding what actually is coming out of the mouths of these of the candidates. You know, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, people care more about what Matt Lauer says or, or you know, whoever says about what Donald Trump said or, you know, how they summarize what he's supposedly said and th- then they do what he's actually saying or what Hillary Clinton is actually saying out of her mouth. And, you know, one of the things that I found interesting is that they recently uh, announced? I'm not like an Apple guy. I'm a I'm a Samsung guy. You know, I got the uh, I'm into the Galaxy and all that stuff. But uh, so I'm not an iPhone user. But you know, you know, I, coincidentally, the uh, Apple company they they released they announced that they were releasing the new iPhone right on the day, this the very morning of the the first debate. You know, and that and that I, funny thing is, I heard more people talking about that than I did, you know, about this actual debate. And, and, there's, and there's only uh, three debates. It's only this one, which is interesting in and of itself. But there's this one, and I believe two more, and then there's the election. Whereas I know for a fact, and and this this one wasn't even a head-to-head debate. And and you know, it's amazing. People don't understand how rigged this stuff is, and how they're literally trying to just hand this. Uh, election straight to Clinton. I mean, it's amazing. So many distractions, so many, you know, opportunities they're giving her to avoid having to really address these tough issues, you know, head on. And even Donald Trump, for that matter, you know, it's just, it, well, it, was, it was not really, I mean, they're, the, the lack of head-to-head, in my opinion, doesn't really benefit Donald Trump. It, it benefits Hillary Clinton because she has these 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 topics, these things that are looming, that are just floating around out there that are absolutely, you know, I mean, could not be more damaging. You know, the stuff about Benghazi, the, these emails, I mean, when you put them head to head and she's forced to be, 
confronted about this stuff, not in a way where she's, you know, fed these questions and allowed to come up with pre, you know, you know, predetermined responses. No, it's, that would be, in my opinion, detrimental to her. And, and that's why you're not going to see a lot of head-to-head debates, um, you know, between the two of them. Um, and so it's, it's just very interesting. Um, one of the things that I said is that, you know, I said online, I said, so um, Hillary Clinton admits her usage of personal emails, you know, was, you know, containing sensitive information. She can, she admits that that was a mistake, you know, and then she admits that it was extremely inappropriate. But then on the, if you guys watched it, the, the first 20 minutes of, of her little segment on the debate was her trying to justify the use of, you know, of these, of these emails and, and her actions. And so my thing is, you know, I'm just, I'm, I watch this stuff. I'm just watching it as it's being presented to me. And it's amazing that people don't see this as, you know, as really as disqualifying. And I'm not saying people should run out and, you know, vote for Donald Trump, but I am saying that people should, you know, take a look at the actual information without even thinking about Donald Trump. Like, don't look at it like, oh, well, I can't acknowledge what Hillary Clinton did because that would mean I support it. No, just look at what she did and ask yourself, is this someone who you want to trust, you know, national policy with someone who specifically and purposely, you know, committed crimes, you know, you know, totally going outside of the government email system and using your own personal emails and, and then going ahead and deleting emails that were later recovered and it was acknowledged that they were de- deleted so that no one could find them. You know, it's just, you know, it's craziness. And, and so, um, yeah, I just want people to kind of understand, um, you know, that, and, and, you know, from that, from that perspective. Um, what else is going on out here? But, the, I mean, so the, and Donald Trump's, I don't want to, you know, seem biased or anything, but Donald Trump's segment, you know, he said some crazy, some crazy things as well. Um, you know, on, on the, uh, his segment of the uh, of the debate, you know, and I, I, I'm I'm just re- re- really uninspired um, about this election. I mean, it's I have some issues with Donald Trump. I have uh, you know tons of issues with Hillary Clinton, and um, you know, I just want people to make their own decisions. You know, make your own decisions, not based on your friends, not based on social media, not based on um, media propaganda, but just what you've prayed about. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I think about, um, you know, I, I look at certain spiritual issues. I look at abortion. Uh, you know, I look at, you know, um, you know, homosexuality, gay marriage, this transgender thing, and I just think of what America will look like over the next eight years if we have another liberal, you know, president in office, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it'll almost be, you know, it, it's just going to be crazy. It's going to be totally crazy. I mean, you think it's crazy now, all this stuff that we're seeing, is only going to get worse. And so I want people to think about that. You know, now I, someone, I, I mentioned, and I want someone asked me to specifically touch on this. Um, there was a video posted on, on social media or really all over, I think it was on the news, Donald Trump visited a church with Omarosa in Detroit, I believe. And they were looking at, you know, they, they zoomed in on him. He was you know, just participating in the praise and worship. And, um, you know, it was amazing because, and I posted, I posted on my page, and it was, it was very disheartening 
Because it's like here, you know, people were insulting him and making fun of him and saying it was just a he he was he was fake and he wasn't being genuine. And I'm I'm just looking like, or you know, it was a publicity stuff. I'm just looking at this. I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, have we become so desensitized as a people where someone, anyone, you know, can't just go to church and, and get their praise on? I mean, like, I, I know I'm not perfect. You know, I, I don't think anyone listening in is perfect. You know, I know that we've all, you know, fallen, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and at some point have had to and will still, you know, in the future have to get down on one knee and, and ask God for forgiveness and penance and, you know, so, I mean, I, I mean, at, at what point do we, do any of us have the right to judge someone, you know, for their relationship or lack thereof with, with, with Jesus Christ? I mean, I, I think about just the, the stuff that I see on social media, you know, and I'm, I don't judge people, but I, I still see certain things. I'm like, whoa, you this is what you, what's going on in your life. This is what you're putting out there, and you're you're judging him, and he's actually in church. You know, where were you on Sunday morning? Where what were you doing Saturday night? You know, like I said, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but you know, I think we all have an opportunity, and I think I know we all have an opportunity to at some point get it right. You know, with God, and for for most, that starts with you know going to church. It starts with just absorbing the Holy Spirit into your life, you know, into your, into your soul, you know, just listening to that music. And a lot of times from that point, you know, then you, then you hear the sermon, then you, you know, maybe take that altar call, you know, then you start making the act, actual changes in your life. But, you know, maybe, maybe that was swaying, rocking to the beat, you know, offbeat, you know what I'm saying? But maybe that was, you know, his, that seed, you know, that was planned, or maybe, who knows, maybe he got, he did take that altar call. Maybe he did accept Jesus Christ into his life, if, if he's not saved already. You know, like I said, I don't know him. I don't know, you know what I mean? I, I can speak on public policy. I can speak on things he says, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, we, you know, none of us have that right to, you know, to judge and, and to um, look at what's in, and, and, and claim to know what's, what's in someone's someone's heart. Now, one big issue that I do have a problem with is this guy, what, Mark Burns, this pastor who, you know, who, who uh, often speaks on Donald Trump's behalf, who evidently has lied about, you know, being a member of Cap Alpha Psi fraternity. He's lied about, you know, having a degree and, you know, just just all types of stuff, man. That That's the type of stuff that I think people should focus on, like stuff like that, not – media propaganda, not these lies, but, you know, clear black and white stuff that's, that's just not cool, you know? Like, like it's not, if it's not cool, it's not cool, and let's talk about that. But don't, let's not make stuff up. Let's not get into the whole judging and the, all this other stuff. All right, what else? You know, and real quick, before we get off of Donald Trump, um, I, I got a chance, and I know a lot, of, a lot of us, you know, didn't see this, which is, a, which is a, a, another, you know, issue in and of itself, but... There was a movie called, um, I don't know if you guys know about the Benghazi situation over in Libya um, where, you know, the the military base or the, I should say the CIA base was was uh, was ambushed and it was a whole big thing, a big, you know, major tragedy. A lot of li- American lives were lost and there was, you know, uh, some, uh, 
some inconsistencies, some blatant and outright lies, and just a, a really a overall mishandling of that situation by Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, as well as the United States government. You know, it was a, just a, a universally bad situation, and which, in my opinion, 100%, 100% disqualifies anyone even remotely associated with that situation from seeking any type of public office, including Hillary Clinton or anyone associated with it at all. Um, but there's a movie that I a movie that they made about that. It's called 13 Hours Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, and I just you know like to publicly, you know, invite, you know, everyone to watch that, you know, to really watch the movie, you know, not just watch the movie, but do some research on the situation because you can't. I mean, seriously, all jokes aside, you please, if you're listening, you really can't intelligently vote for Hillary Clinton, which a lot of African Americans are. Absolutely. They're absolutely voting for Hillary Clinton. But I'm just letting you know, and I don't care who I'm talking to right now, you cannot intelligently vote for Hillary Clinton if you are unfamiliar with the Benghazi situation and her, the role that she played into it. There's something that I'm just and again that's no disrespect to anybody. But you cannot do that. If you, now, if you know about it and you've researched it and you understand it and you say, okay, fine, I, you know, I see what she did, I understand what it's all about, and I'm still going to vote for her, okay, cool. But you're, you can't intelligently vote for her if you don't know probably what is the, the single biggest defining moment and situation of her entire term as Secretary of State. Uh, without you know what I'm saying, without really understanding what that's all about. So, so the movie is a a great starting point, you know, for that. In my opinion, it's a very accurate and, and factual depiction, realistic depiction of of the events that transpired over there. Very entertaining movie, just from a cinematic standpoint. So definitely check that out if you uh, you know if you haven't already. It's on on demand. It's DVD or at Redbox. You know, you could definitely. Definitely check it out. You know, it's not it's not one of those movies that we as a community typically run to the theaters and see. But you know, again, if you're planning on voting, you you know you may want to research. You know, starting with with that movie. Um, what else? What else do I want to talk about? Um, surrounding politics. Um, one of the things I posted on on uh, on social media over the last week was uh, I said never allow social, racial, or political injustice fueled by media propaganda convince you that protest is more important and should come before prayer. All right? Protest should not come before prayer. I said that what the world needs more now than ever, you know, is is Jesus Christ, you know, and unfortunately we live in a society that actually is pushing the the opposite narrative, you know, it's, you know, protest, 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 protest. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, all this Colin Kaepernick stuff that I'll talk about, you know, in a little bit, you look at, you know, at really everything that's going on out here, you know, as far as the black, white, you know, cops, you know, inner city stuff. I mean, you know, it's going on police brutality. I mean, that's what they want. They want. They don't want it to be a 
you know, uh, a, a spiritual-based thing. You know, if you look back at the 1960s civil rights movement, you know, even Malcolm X, you know, Martin Luther King, like these were spiritual-based uh, protests, you know, whether it was Muslim, the Muslim faith, you know, Christians, it was they were putting Jesus Christ first at the head of these protests, uh, you know, a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like these are these were spiritual based uh, protests, and, and whereas now we're seeing we're not seeing that, you know, a lot of these protests are originating in the streets as opposed to the church. They're you know they're not, you know, the, the whole nonviolent protest, you know, was was because. It was from a spiritual standpoint. Now we're seeing rioting, we're seeing looting, we're seeing shots being fired, you know, and that's obviously not how Dr. King would want it. That's not what Jesus Christ would want. And so I would just encourage everyone, you know, it's whatever your thoughts are about Colin Kaepernick and, you know, Jesse Williams, and there's going to be more people standing up and the media focusing on them to take away attention to kind of uplift them and put them in a position of, of influence where I want people to realize that, the the real influence surrounding these protests and what's right should be Jesus Christ. And uh, and furthermore, if if and when you do that, you know you and and when this is why this this is not happening because what's happening is when you don't put Jesus Christ first and you do allow the media to dictate, that's when you start here you you start focusing on things like Black Lives Matter. You start you know making it a black versus white thing instead of a biblical thing, which which actually says. Well, look, it's not black lives matter. It's not white lives matter. It's, it's all lives matter. It's it's everyone's life has value. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ didn't put a label on life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's actually ridiculous. You know, Jesus Christ never separated races, you know, Jews versus the Gentiles, or, you know, or anything like that, you know? It's not, you know, anyone who wants to get to heaven, you follow me. You know, black, white, whoever. And I think that's what we have to get back to if we really want to see a change, you know, if we really want to minister, you know, because I think that's another thing that's been lost. You know, there's there's not, you know, Jesus Christ, when he, yeah, he protested certain things, you know, but within his protest and the ultimate goal of the protest was to save souls, you know. And so I think that's another piece of this whole thing that's happened, you know, the the ministry aspect of it, the evangelistic aspect of it has been lost, you know, and, uh, the, and, and of course it's going to be when you're dealing with the media, you know, because they're, you know, they don't want us to Jesus Christ first. They, I mean, they're, they, they want to take, they're taking prayers out of schools, Bibles out of schools, and, you know, which is a whole other thing that we have to consider when, when voting in, uh, you know, in, in uh, November, because remember, you know, when you're, you see, this is what I put on factor in. Everyone's saying, oh, they took the prayer out of school. They took the Bibles out of schools and this and that. Okay, so you have a problem with that, right? Okay, so you got to look at it politically. If you have a problem with that and you feel like things should go back to how they were with the praying in school and, and not taking God out of the, you know, Pledge of Allegiance and all this other stuff, well, you got to look at who supports that and who doesn't support that. You look at, you know, liberals, Democrats, typically, historically, you know, politically, they're in favor of atheistic rights. You understand that? They're the ones pushing that legislation through. You know, they're in favor of 
satanic. You know, that, I mean, that's the media isn't talking about. It. You don't see that, but there's so much satanic legislation, atheistic legislation that's being pushed through. That's that's saying, well, hold up, if you can do X, Y, and Z, and you're a Christian, or you can have off for Rosh Hashanah, and you're Jewish, or you want Christmas off, well, we're we we're sat we're Satanists. We're atheists. We have X, Y, and Z holidays in our religion. So, you know, what can you do for us? You know, you want to have this correct piece of the curriculum. Well, what about this? Let's let let us have this. And you know, the homosexuals. Well, we want to have this these rights, and we want this put into the curriculum. And and the Democrats are the ones that are supporting that legislation. Not to see any Republicans really supporting these types of things I just mentioned: the atheistic stuff, satanic stuff homosexual stuff. So, I'm, and again, I'm just saying consider these things when you are making the decision on, you know, who you're going to support, what you're going to support, you know, uh, in uh, in November. So, so there's that. What else is going on out here in the world, man? This is what's going on in the world. Like I said, I got a lot to talk about today. And, um, I, and I always like to start off talking, with the, talking about the politics because, that's what you often don't see. So I want, if nothing else, I like to make sure I get that in. But um, I want to say before I want to talk about you know this race relation stuff, which is really a good segue from you know from from that um, the last segment. You know I want to say thank you to everyone who came out to uh, in the Philadelphia area uh, to uh, uh, my church, Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church. We had a uh, a uh, a men's fellowship, a quarterly men's fellowship breakfast last weekend and it was it was a really great turnout and the focus was was addressing uh the violence specifically in in our community the vi- violence in the black community you know what is going on out here on these on these street corners on these blocks in these hoods and the gangs the violence you know and uh so it was it was good, and so we as a church and as men are going to really make our presence known in these communities where they have the highest uh, level of uh, of violence, drug activity. It was really great to see that the Philadelphia police commissioner was there. You know, he was there. He had breakfast, and he was just there. Like he wasn't he wasn't there to, you know, have it be about him, but. It was really just an opportunity. In fact, I like the fact they had some some former drug dealers there, some former uh, gun traffickers, you know, just hood guys who have made a decision to, um, you know, change their life and give back to the community. Had a number of of those people speak, and um, I mean, and it's really great to see. And I, I want to say this, you know, we, we don't see and hear a lot of that. Like often when you hear, you know, on the media, it's either the police speaking, it's biased media propaganda, um, it's, you know, an elected political official, it's an entertainer who already has their own agenda. You know what I mean? So like those are the the main perspectives you, you hear, you know, publicly. But what you don't hear often is actual drug dealers, you know, the people who are actually in the streets, you know, the people who are actually doing the shooting. You know, sometimes you hear from people who've changed their life, but I'm not even talking about people who've changed their life right now. I'm talking about 
the people who are actually doing it, you know, the people who actually are in the gangs. And one of the things that I, I do is, and, you know, really, really have always done, I've known, I mean, I'm not a street dude, I'm not a hood dude, but at the same time, I, I know a lot of people, you know, I mean, a lot of people who really are, for lack of a better term, about that life, you know, and um, I talk to them. And just, you know, and, and a lot of stuff you guys hear me talk about, literally it comes straight from them, you know, straight from, you know, old, I'm talking about old heads, you know, I'm talking about, you know, people who were running the Philadelphia drug syndicates in the late 80s, early, you know what I'm saying? Like real, like OGs out here. And, you know, and I'm not, it's not about glorifying. It's just about keeping it real about, hey, this is what was going on. This is what is going on. This is what, if, if people really want to see a change, these are the things that need to happen. And, so, and you don't often hear that side of things, you know, from the real, the people who are actually in it. You hear watered down, you know, versions of what people think is going on or what people would like to have be going on. You know, or people would like to forget is actually going on. But no, nah, we need to start here keeping it real. And I was talking to someone, you know, one of these OGs, you know, in the game, currently in the game. And, uh, you know, he was saying, man, you know, back in the day, you know, the people were hustling. They were always hustling. They were always, you know, doing the drugs, you know, back in the day. But the goal, the mindset was different. You know, back then the mindset was, Okay, I'm going to do this to buy some real estate. I'm going to do this to, you know, move away and get out of the hood and, you know, live to change my life. I want to, you know, really make something out of myself. I want to travel the world. I want to really do – and that's not – you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying these are good things or good reasons to sell drugs. I'm just saying that was their mindset. It wasn't like, oh, I want to go kill everybody. I want to go have these shoot-ups. No, it's I want to move this product get this money and, and move and change my life. You know, now if something happens along the way, okay, whatever, but my goal isn't out here to shoot up little kids and, you know what I'm saying, do all this crazy stuff. But And so that was the mindset back then. And people were actually doing it, you know. The people were actually you know, making, you know, $20,000 a day, $50,000 a day, you know, a million dollars a day. Like this stuff was, it really happened. And whereas now, one of the reasons why you're seeing so much violence out here in these streets is because, you know, people are starving. You know, the mindset of these youngsters is is not, oh, I want to get rich, you know, and I want to be Bumpy Johnson or I want to be, you know, you know, American Gangster Denzel, you know what I'm saying, like all this other stuff. No, it's, I just want to pay some bills. You know, it's I want to get some Jordans. You know, I want to be a thug. I want to I wanna tote guns. Like, I want to drive a Benz through the hood. And it's just like, what? You want to drive a Benz, drive a Rolls Royce through the hood? The, back in the day, the goal used to be to get out the hood, you know what I'm saying, and move out to the suburbs somewhere. Now you want to floss in the hood. You know, you want to be, be a kingpin in the hood. And so now what's happening, you're seeing a lot of gangs. You know, everybody wants to be Nino Brown, you know what I'm saying, shooting up rival gang territory, whereas this isn't L.A. Philly Philly was never like that. It was, it was never about the gangs, you know. And so what's happened is these kids, man, they, they, they're they not even able to see outside of the hood. And so they're running around 
with no hope. Because when you can't even, when you, when all you see around you is murder, death, and jail, and that's all you see, that's all you can relate to, then you're going to ha- develop a certain level of help- hopelessness, you know, and so you're not going to care. And when you don't care, when you have no hope, somebody steps on your shoe, you shoot him. You know, you see an opportunity to, to rob somebody for 20 bucks, but you're going to take it. You see, back in the day, people weren't doing that stuff. And so what we have to do, man, is we really have to reach these kids. We have to reach these kids and show these kids that there is hope. There is a, a better opportunity to, to feed your family. I mean, I was talking to him. He was saying, look, man, if you want to get a nice car, you can get a job. These kids are so stupid. Now these drug dealers standing on the corner on your block shooting stuff, they're making minimum wage. These guys aren't making no real money. These drug dealers, back, like back in the day, all that money is it's dried up. The streets are dry. People are starving out here. They're getting tattoos on their faces. You know, they don't. there's no real money in this stuff. You know, even the kingpins aren't making that type of money like that. You know, and so what's happened is we got to show these kids, hey, one, this is a life that's going nowhere, you know, drugs, jail, I mean, excuse me, death or jail. You know, you got to show them that and, and show them a different way, a better way. You know, you go get a real job to, to pay your bills. Why sell drugs to pay your bills? Why join a gang just to, just to survive, just to pay your bills, you know? And so that's what we've got to do, man. But, in, in fact, I want to uh, – it was really great. Uh, we as a church went out to uh, – uh, Martin Luther King High School, which you guys have heard me talk about in the past, and it was their first day of school, and they are historically one of the worst schools in the in the whole city of Philadelphia. And what uh, what we do as a church every year is go out to you know go out to that school. So I was out there at seven a.m. you know, and we just greet the kids as they're going in, you know, shaking their hands, clapping for them, giving them pounds, you know, just you know really encouraging them, and and it was really uh. I saw. I probably saw. I wasn't there the whole time. I was probably there from like seven to eight, eight fifteen maybe. But in that time, I saw probably maybe fifty, sixty kids coming to school, and you know, some of them were really happy, you know, giving handshakes and smiling. But you know, unfortunately, really, the vast majority of them, you know, had had the ice grill on. Man, they were just mad, um, not smiling, shaking, trying to shake the hand. They just walked right by. One guy looked like he wanted to fight us. Just shaking his head like he was pissed off. I'm just like, whoa, man, we're we're just out here trying to encourage you. You want to you, you fight us? You want to, you know, make faces at us? And it's just like a lot of that comes from, most of that comes from the fact that these kids, they don't get that encouragement at home. You know, they don't get that encouragement. So when they see the that type of encouragement, it's it's foreign to them. You know, they're not used to it. So they're looking at it like, oh, man, you must have some type of alternative agenda. You know, this this must not be genuine. You know, and so, um, you know, we'll continue to do it. You know, we'll continue going out there um, every year and, um, you know, and even not even every year, but just encouraging them, period. If you know some, you know, somebody that's, you know, maybe doesn't have that type of support, encourage them. You know, pray with them. You know, give them a little fist bump. You know, let them know that, you you know, there are positive people out there. Because a lot of these people, that, these kids, man, they see they're negative. And that's the crazy thing about it. People don't, people don't they act like the black community is, is filled with all these really great people. 
that you know, and I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying a lot of these kids, that's not their life. You know what I'm saying? They don't see those people like people like me, people like you, people that are actually listening to this show, people who are, are positive. A lot of these kids don't see that at all. They don't see it in school. They don't see it at home. You know, they don't see it in the streets. All they see is death and negativity 24-7. You know, death, jail, you know, fear, fear of being shot, stuck up you know, raped, you know, if you're a woman, you know, different stuff, man. So you just got, we just got to show these kids, man, that, uh, you know, that there's there's something else out there. Now, and, and again, and I, I try to keep it real about what's, what's actually going on out here, but, which is not to say that there is not a need for people like Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, Jesse Williams taking a stand, you know, or in Colin's case, taking a knee, you know, in protest of issues that are affecting us as a, as a people, um, as a result of the government, these government officials, police, you know, and things like that. These are these are important issues, no doubt. What I don't want people to lose sight of, and this is what the media wants you to lose sight of, is that the biggest issue, the major issue, you know, statistically is is us. I just, I mean, I, I mean, I watch the news every morning. My wife gets up at about five thirty. I'm up with her. She turns on the TV. You know, we, we watch the news. L- listen, to what I'm saying. Literally every single day, there's not a day goes by that I don't turn on Channel Ten News. And every morning at five thirty, I I hear about them reporting someone was shot. Listen, to what I'm saying. There's not a single day. That I don't see that reported that some that someone was not shot just in Philadelphia. Okay, today three people were shot. Look when you you know Google if you're from not from here Google look at three people were shot today. Kids riding their bikes at one one o'clock in the morning they were just shot three people. Now fortunately none of them died, but just like three people were shot, and that was just today. Now see the world will never know their names. There will be no protest about these three people who were shot. Why? Because tomorrow it will be the same thing. Yesterday it was the same thing. On Monday it will be the same thing. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is the biggest problem affecting our community today. Now, that's not to say that there's not an issue with police brutality. There's not a, a problem with racially motivated, you know, stopping, 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 frisking, and, and things like that. You know, and so I think Colin Kaepernick is absolutely uh, valid. You know, and here's, here's one of the problems that we that I have with people is that they want to tell people what they should be passionate about. That's the whole issue I have with the, this media propaganda thing. The media wants to tell you and has been doing a great job of convincing people what they should be passionate about. And I can't tell Colin Kaepernick, hey, you should be passionate about, you know, these, these young boys getting shot in the streets. I mean, hey, you should, I mean, I'd like him to be, but at the same time, he's a grown man. I can't tell him how to protest. I can't tell him passionate about. You know, me. You guys know me. My, you, what you're passionate may not be something that I'm passionate about. What I'm passionate about might not be something you're passionate about. But that doesn't mean we can't empathize. You know, with each other's causes. You, you know what I'm saying? I can't. I can still support you. You can support me. I can support Colin Kaepernick. That may not be the most important thing to me. But right now, that's that's his main thing. That's his thing. Alicia Keys, her thing is 
okay, I'm going to do this whole no makeup thing. Okay, cool. Like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with women wearing makeup. You know what I'm saying? But that's her thing. So I'm not going to tell her not to do that. I'm not going to tell Colin Kaepernick not to, you know what I'm saying, uh, not to not stand during the national anthem. And that's what he chooses to do. You know, like, and that's where I, one of the issues I have with this whole voting thing. You know, people want to tell people who they should vote for. You know, it's like, how do, who, how can you well, fought and die for Colin Kaepernick to have the right to not stand, you know, before? Like, there was a time when he, he would have been thrown in jail for that. But now he has the right to not do that. Just like people have the right to vote for Hillary Clinton, just like people have the right to vote for Donald Trump, people have the right to not vote at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have to vote. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing about it. People act like you have to vote. People act like you have to vote Democratic if you're black. You have to You have to vote. You can't re- vote Republican. Like, what are you talking about? You don't have to do anything. These are the rights that we are afforded as Americans. You know, and so that's what we have to focus on and, and you know, never let anyone bully you or um, intimidate you. And I wish someone would try to intimidate me. I'm unintimidated. <laughs> that's not even why I'm not going to try to say that word. I can't be intimidated. You see what I'm saying? And I think that so many people, they fall victim to not even real intimidation, but just social media. You know what I'm saying? People are afraid to, to speak out on certain issues because of fear that they'll be looked at a certain way, not in person, you know what I'm saying, but on their timeline. I'm like, what? Like, who cares? You know, but, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, Colin Kaepernick, I actually respect him because he's he's taken a lot of flack. You know, he's actually put his whole career you know, in jeopardy. Um, I mean, it, a lot of times these these uh, these owners of these teams, the coaches, you know, they they will they'll bench you or they'll cut you. I mean, look at Tim Tebow. I mean, he has no football career, but only because, and specifically because he's expressed his love for Jesus Christ. There's no way. I mean, Tim Tebow. Anyone who knows football, there's no way all these you know, these rookie quarterbacks and these unsigned free agents are, are, are now who are getting opportunities are all better than Tim Tebow in better shape. No, it's, he's been blackballed because of his beliefs, you know. And so, you know, hopefully he'll be able to succeed in, in this whole baseball thing. But, you know, this that could very well happen to Colin Kaepernick. I think it probably will, to be quite honest with you, uh, unfortunately for him. But – that's something that he is choosing to do because of what he believes in. I mean, he's already not the starter. And so who wants a $100 million backup quarterback? So what's going to happen is they're probably going to, at some point, he'll be released, he'll be waived, he'll be a, you know, free agent. And, you know, maybe somebody will pick him up. Maybe, you know what I mean? But eventually that will lead to the end of, you know, his career. You know, specifically because of what's happened, you know, what what he's chosen to do with this whole national anthem thing, but I support him, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, it's not a big deal, I'm not going to go posting about it, I'm not going to, you know, if I was in an environment, I'm not going to take a knee, I'm not going to take it that far, because that's just not me, I don't choose to do that, but I don't have a problem with him doing it, you know, just like I wouldn't expect women to say, oh, yeah, I like what Alicia Keys does, so I'm I'm not going to wear makeup too, like, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, what else is going on out here, one of the things I said, um, you know, on Facebook, I said, uh, newsflash. <laughs> I 
I said, no, this is actually kind of funny to me. This is actually meant to be a joke. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny to me, the fact that this even needs to be said. But I said, newsflash, no matter how many football players sit during the national anthem, no matter how many Black Lives Matter rallies are had, no matter how many Facebook posts there are complaining, no matter how many black presidents are elected, I said, or anything else that the black community decides to do, the United States government has been and always will be one of the most corrupt, racist, opportunistic, oppressive countries in the entire world. Uh, you know, there's, I said that that's never going to change no matter what. I said that what we need to be focused on is improving and empowering ourselves to stop killing each other at a rate that's far more destructive than white America could ever do to us. You know, and, and the funny thing is there's, there's really not any, anyone who understands uh, American history, um, black history, there's no one that can disagree with that. You know, people, a lot, it's amazing, people really think that, you know, because we have a black president, that things are different. In fact, I said this on, on social media. I said, it's hilarious that everyone wants to protest against and criticize the United States. You know, they want to protest the, pro, protest the government, right? I said, but when it's time to protest and criticize the actual president of the United States, it's as if he's infallible and immune to accountability. I guess if you guys ever noticed that, I mean, like you can't. Everyone, it's like, oh gosh, but the United States is X, Y, and Z. But the, you know what I mean. But that's where the conversation stops. Is it's never the president, you know? And uh, not to say that it's his fault because you know he's just going along with the, the the program, so he doesn't get a bullet in his head. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're the president, you go along with the agenda. You go along with policy. You go. You play your role because you were put in that position by the people who really run this this country. You, you understand that? And so, and if you go against that, you're betraying an oath, and that's when you know bad things happen. So he's really just playing his role, you know. And so, but the, but please understand that the government is the same as it has been. It's the same as it always will be. The agendas. Is not the same. It's not different. It's always going to be the same, and it's you know it's it's worldwide domination. You know it's it, it's you know I mean you look at why these countries hate us. Nobody wants to talk about that. And I won't even get too deep into it today. But you really have to look at you know. And this isn't to make excuses for terrorism or anything like that. But you really got to look at the United States global policies. We are the biggest bully. The irony is we have these anti-bullying campaigns. But we're the biggest bullies, you know, out there. We bully these countries. We see people don't understand. Like I was just, I just was telling you the other day, yesterday actually, they canceled one of my favorite shows. They canceled probably one, of my, probably my favorite show right now, uh, Tyrant. I was talking about over in the friends group. You know, it came on FX. Of course, you know, nobody watched. It. I think it averaged less than a million viewers. Nobody really watched it. But it was, I mean, it's really a great show. It lasted three seasons. Really great seasons, man. Great show. Showing the you know the world from a totally different perspective than we're used to seeing it, you know, on TV, and it's interesting because what a lot of people don't understand, we as the government want 
you know, the entire world to be like, you know, we want democracy everywhere. But see, what people got to understand is all countries don't want to be democratic. You know, we can say, well, no, it's not right. There are violations, but that's not our place to say. It's not our place to look at another country that's been in existence for, you know, hundreds of years and say, we want you to politically be like us. That's not right. You see what I'm saying? That's not right. So, and it, and and it's even more not right for us to go into those countries, bomb those countries, pressure and threaten those countries, enslave those countries, you know what I'm saying, and force our public policies onto them. That's not that's not right. Go to war, go into war with countries specifically because they don't believe you know what we believe. Just and, you know, and then taking over their natural resources, taking over their weapons, you know. And the the, the most ironic thing is these countries that we're quote unquote at war with are running around with weapons that were actually manufactured in the United States. You know, these companies, these weapons companies, these contractors, you know, they make movies about this stuff. You can actually see it. You know, we 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 do business. The government does business with companies that does business with all of these people who are quote-unquote our enemies. And it's all about the money. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. And a lot of that money gets filtered back into the government, and, and it's that's what lays the foundation for really the hypocrisy, you know, that we that exists. And it's one of the major reasons why uh, we're hated around the world. Plays a role in that. Bush plays, you know, all, all leaders play a role in that. You know, and that's one of the things I like about Donald Trump is he actually speaks about this stuff from a political standpoint and says, hey, look, this is what's going on. That's one of the reasons why Bernie Sanders was so popular, you know, because he, they actually speak about the, the, the hypocrisy of the way things are currently being done, the fact that the system is rigged, the fact that there is an agenda. You know, Donald Trump has been saying generally the, the same thing that Bernie Sanders has been saying just from a different perspective. The same things that I, I, you know, I've been saying this whole time that you guys have been listening to me. So just think about this stuff, man. You know, and, and again, um, we have, you know, our, in fact, let me, let me, I want to go back to something else uh, real quick because you can look at it from an international piece or whether you bring it back to the domestic piece. We have to take an active role in making in in this change, whether it's through voting, whether it's through our protests, whether it's the things that we allow our kids to listen to on the radio. One of the things I said on uh, over the last week, I said that on every urban radio station in the country, you'll find in heavy rotation music that glorifies sex, drugs, gang affiliation. And gun violence. I mean, we. I mean, it's amazing. It's really amazing to me, guys. You know, it's probably one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen in my life. The fact that we have the audacity to talk about Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? But I mean, but you know, I say that because when, when we say, I can see if someone else was saying. That. You know what I mean? Like if white people were saying Black Lives Matter, or if Asians were saying Black Lives Matter, I could really understand. But the fact that black the black community is is really pushing this Black Lives Matter movement, we're saying, hey, look, our lives matter. But then you look at, you know, who who the 
who is actually saying these things, right? And then you look at the heavy rotation of of songs and videos and performances at these award shows that literally glorify sex, drugs, gang affiliation, murder. How do we say that Black Lives Matter when we when the most popular songs in our own community are glorifying violence? How I don't understand. I, do, I, I will never understand that. It makes no sense whatsoever. How can we say Black Lives Matter when we're glorifying sex, drugs, and violence? Like our music. That's like <laughs> I mean I, don't, I can't even think of a applicable you know analogy. You know, because it doesn't make sense. Right? It just doesn't make sense. So one of the things I said, I said, since everyone wants to pray now, or excuse me, wants to protest nowadays, how about we start boycotting, you know, artists, you know, and, and any form of media that targets our youth with this type of garbage? I said, unfortunately, this post will go ignored you know, just like any real action that requires change not made popular by the mainstream media. Meaning, if the mainstream media, if CNN says, okay, this happened, so this is what we should be doing, let's let's all rally and let's do X, Y, and Z, Al Sharpton gets on TV and says, hey, we're going to boycott this. Okay, everyone's okay, don't drink Pepsi. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Everyone jumps on board with that. You know what I'm saying? The real change isn't going to be publicized. You know, the real action isn't going to be something that you hear Al Sharpton talking about or anybody. Jesse Jackson. You know, speaking of Jesse Jackson, did anyone even see the video, uh, you know, from back in the day where he was actually praising Donald Trump? It was amazing. He's actually, I've watched the whole thing. I posted it. Nobody responded to it. Not one person responded to it. Yet everyone has so much to say about Donald Trump, but not one person responded to a video where Jesse Jackson is literally praising and complimenting and hugging Donald Trump, you know, and thanking him for being so inclusive, you know, uh, you know, with the black community. That's, I mean, is that, that, does that sound like a racist to you? I mean, does that, that sound like someone who has a history of, of racism when you have Jesse Jackson praising you? You know, in in front of a crowd, a crowd of black people, uh, you know, chanting you and you know, clapping for you, doesn't doesn't sound like a racist to me. But you know, my, my how things change when you oppose someone who has paid for an election. I mean, just if you, if you say, I'm not making this up. Like the video is right on my page. You know, like go watch the video of Donald Trump being praised by Jesse Jackson. But now the media is saying he is a racist and has this long history of being a racist. But if he's a racist, why is Jesse Jackson... Oh, man. Who knows? What's that that commercial? The world may never know. But, so yeah, but we got to get back to, like I said, we got to... I I agree that black lives matter. You know, I, I don't have a problem with the fact that our lives matter. I have a problem with the hypocrisy associated with the movement. Because our lives matter, that means we have to change how we do things. You know, just the other day, a little girl, I said, a little girl was shot in the head because she she found herself in the middle 
of gang warfare. You know, I mean, she was shot in the head. I told y'all last night, three kids were shot riding their bikes. Now, why they were outside at one o'clock in the morning riding bikes? I mean, that, you know, that's a whole another issue in and of itself. They're they're canceling, and they're, they're most likely going to end up canceling the uh, the, the West Indian uh, festival up in New York because you know every year someone gets shot, someone gets killed. A young woman was killed had a very bright and promising future ahead of her parade. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's crazy. I mean, how do you go to a parade and just decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to just shoot someone. I'm going to shoot this thing up. And they, were, they said there were just bullets flying and people started scattering and someone just got, you know, shot in the, uh, you know, shot in the head. So it's crazy. What, I just posted a video yesterday of a, a 70-year-old man over in Chicago getting getting shot, robbed and shot. Who does that? Who robs a 70-year-old man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, rifles through his pockets, taking, what, 20 bucks? Who does that? I mean, fortunately, he survived, but it's just like, whoa. Now, here's the thing. I was I was reading, this is amazing, too. I saw this on a friend's page, and he made a very interesting point, point about the young girl who got shot in the head. And they were saying that there's a fifty thousand dollar reward for for information leading to the arrest of of people of the people or persons responsible for this little girl getting shot in the head. But my thing is, why do you need a fifty thousand dollar reward to do the right thing? We're not talking about you know we're talking about a neighborhood gang, you know, a neighborhood gang. This is like a gang warfare, some type of street street beef on on your block. We're not talking about a, a, an entire city. We're talking about on a specific block. So, like, imagine, like, go outside your house and you, like, you know what I'm saying, if your neighbor gets into a fight and shoots your other neighbor and you're, like, on your porch, like, even if you're not on your porch, you're, you know, you're going to at some point know who did it. You're gonna have some information. So why do you? Why does there need to be a fifty thousand dollar reward to bring the people to justice who killed the little girl? And you see what I'm saying? But but Black Lives Matter. I said the same people talking about the Black Lives Matter are the ones being silent. The, the people are being so silent they're not even speaking up to get the reward. You know somebody knows who shot that little girl. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who has some information. People won't even take them. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I understand it. I'm from the streets. I understand the, the, the no snitching. You know, I understand the fact that if you, you know, report or you witness something and you take that information to the cops and you make it, you know, you have to testify or it becomes known that you, you know, assisted the police, you're, you're then labeled a snitch and snitches get, Stitches is the saying. I mean, I understand that whole thing. You fear for your life at that point, maybe even the life of your family. I mean, I understand it. But I'm just saying, if that if you go by that code of the streets, then then be consistent with it. Don't get big and bad with the cops. Don't be tough with the cops, but are afraid of the drug dealers or the gang members. You know, that's that's my whole thing. You know, and so we gotta we gotta start uh, being being consistent. We gotta stop being 
uh, you know, hypocritical. You know, that's 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 just my views. You know, and that's my views on what's going on in the world. Now, there's a lot of other stuff I want to get into, but you see how I gotta, you know, we gotta get that stuff out the way first, man. But one of the things I also wanted to get into today was some entertainment news. You know, there's a lot going on in the world as far as entertainment, and you know, specifically over the last week or so, there was the the VMAs, the the MTV Video Music Awards, and you know, one of the things that I I found interesting about uh, the VMAs was that I mean, not even just this year, but um, generally speaking, if you look at it, it's it's all about celebrities. It's all about idolizing and glorifying things, ultimately things that God hates. You know, whether it's the the you know, Taylor Swift, the Beyonce, the Rihanna. You know, they got the the award show pre-show. You got the post-show. You got the red carpet stuff. I mean, you know, you got you know so many interviews and and people just hang on their every word that they're they just they love them. They love these celebrities. But remember, the Bible says, do not love the world or things of the world, you know, because these, these are things that are not God. And if you do love these things, then the love of God is not in you, you know. So you got to really keep that stuff in mind. And if you look at these elaborate, you know, performances and, and celebrations, award shows, they are the epitome of what God hates. You know, worst the worshiping of celebrities, right? You know, and so that's why, because they are these these elaborate ceremonies, that's why they put so many different images in them. You know, you you'll see we talked last time about the upside down crosses. Where I did the uh, the BET Awards special, you see the Satan, the pentagram, upside down crosses, the one eye. Um, you know, you see so many different clear, you know, and well-known satanic demonic symbols because it just, it, it shows what the whole purpose of these, you know, these things are. And, the, the you know, the VMAs are no different. The BET Awards are no different. The Super Bowl is no different. The Grammys, the Oscars, you know, it's all it's all pretty much the same thing. In fact, if you look at one of the, the performances, you know, from Kanye West, Everyone's talking about Kanye West. Oh, he gave this big four-minute speech talking about nothing. This guy's like you know, just an idiot. I mean, he just he makes no sense. You know, no sense. I no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it. He he wants people to because he's actually very intelligent. Um, but he the things he talks about in on stages like that uh, make no sense. And I think a lot of that is done on purpose, but then you'll see other forums where he'll be speaking actually a lot of truth about the industry. And you see a lot of his frustration, um, about the industry. In fact, people think he's crazy. They say he's angry. He goes on these rants. Well, the the rant is actually because he wants to be one of the highest people. He, he's so, uh, what's the word? He's so arrogant you know, and proud that he feels like because of his, his level of talent, like he'll often compare himself to Picasso or Mozart or Beethoven or, you know, Michael Jordan or, you know, he, if you notice, he does that a lot. You know, he compares the Pope. He compares himself to the highest people uh, and most popular and talented people in, in history, and that's how he views himself. He view, that's why he calls himself Jesus, 
because he he he's compared himself to Jesus Christ. He views himself as one of the most powerful and most important people, not just of his generation, but in all of history. And so a lot of his frustration is that he's not being treated that way. He's not being seen by the masses and by the world the way he sees himself. And so he often rants about that. He's angry about that. You know, and he often, you know, that's that's what he's pissed off about. You know, he wants to be able, he wants to be the one, you know, signing people and and uh, having people pay him, whereas he's, he's still not independent. He still, you know, has his own thing um, being limited uh, by the people who really control this, uh, you know, this, this country and the, and the world even. And that's where his, his frustration and anger comes through. Uh, and so, But, you know, you have performances and those speeches he gives on stuff like MTV. He want, it, That's where he has to water it all down. And that's why I say he came off like he was basically talking about nothing. Um, but then if you look at his, his, uh, his quote-unquote artwork, these videos, these performances, you know, it's, it's just all ridiculous. You know, I think you saw, if you saw the performance he had, the uh was it Tiana Taylor dancing around half naked, you know, the whole the whole video and then at the end she has a cat face and and you know, I guess that's him at the end I guess they're supposed to or no, her her and her husband, you know, have sex or whatever and it's like, Okay, you're having sex with a cat, you're an animal, you're you know, you're laying the foundation for this the next um the next big thing, which is most likely gonna be bestiality. You know, I mean, come on, let's let's keep it real. I mean, you look at you got the homosexuality, you got the, uh, you know, the transgender stuff. You know, well, I mean, what comes next? I mean, come on, you know, next is going to be pedophilia. Then it's going to be, you know, the, the bestiality. People making excuses for for all types. I mean, you just sit back and see because you you got to understand it's, you know, we're in the we're in the Bible right now. I mean, this is this stuff is all all written. You know, there's going to be a time when, you know, it, it gets so bad that, you know, Jesus will just come back and that'll be that. And, you know, but we have to get to that point. And, and the way we get there is with people like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, you know, these liberal uh, politicians pushing forward legislation that makes that stuff that God hates okay legally. You know what I'm saying? It makes it okay legally. Everything that we hate, you know what I'm saying, that we see going on around us, it's not just that that we see it and we hate it, but it's all being accepted legally. There's all legislation backing this stuff. So it doesn't make sense to hate what's going on, but, but then support the politicians that make this stuff possible. That's the craziest thing about it to me, is that people support the politicians, claim to hate, the, the the result of these politicians. Oh man, it's crazy. What else did I see? And I didn't even watch the whole thing. I'll be honest with you. I, I still gotta finish watching. I didn't. I, you know, I don't even. You know, I, I, it's just I can't even watch this stuff. I used to just sit back and watch it. And you, you hear me do a whole show on it, but I haven't even gotten through the whole thing. I've been so busy. I've been doing a lot of stuff. But what I did see, I saw Rihanna dancing around, singing about sex, drugs, all types of craziness. Um, but then she has a cross on, you know what I mean? She's wearing a cross and like around her neck and people may, some people may think, Oh no, you know, it's no big deal. But 
if you understand symbolism, you know, especially satanic symbolism, you know, you've heard me talk about this. It's that type of stuff. You know, you'll turn on your TV, you'll see someone praying, you know, and then right at that moment you'll see an upside-down cross. you see a 666 hand symbol or devil horns being thrown up right at that moment. That's what you call symbolism. Um, and so, you know, you have Rihanna singing about just the most raunchy and sexual things possible, but wearing a cross, you know, the entire time. Or you see the same thing with, you know, Beyonce or Nicki Minaj, or, you know, where you'll see a choir singing, you know, a church choir singing, you know, to <laughs> while, while Future is performing about drugs and guns and murder. Like, it's just all ridiculous. And, and we sit back and just support it and buy the music and download it. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we got to get out of. But um, a couple other things. You know, I was watching the the the, the VMAs. I mean, what is, and I think I've talked about this before, but I just have a quick question. How, and I just really don't understand it, but how is Beyonce being called the Queen Bee? I just don't understand it. Like, what, at what point did little Kim stop being the Queen Bee? You know, and, and people, you know, nobody has a problem with it. No one says anything. All these Beyonce fans. And it's just like, wow, like, wh- when did this happen? So I, I saw that, you know, I had a big problem with that. Um, what else is going on out there? I saw, I saw something else. I saw, um, if you look at the v, the VMAs, I don't know what her name is, but I guess she's like a new up-and-coming actress. But the, the overweight black comedian, not Leslie Jones, but the one that was doing all the little skits and uh, segments on the VMAs, I guess I don't know too much about her, but if you look at it, it's not hard to recognize what she represents. And you guys, you know, you hear me often talking about the mammy uh, image, you know, that buffoonish, fat, you know, overweight, just really buffoonish, loud, ghetto, uh, overly sexualized. Um, and that's that's really been the, 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 the main image of African-American women that the media has pushed since really the over 100 years ago. You know, and it's, it's it, you know, the image comes and goes in different shapes, forms, um, but it's always remained to a certain extent. That's why you look at the view. You can look at the chew. You can look at the real. You can look at, um, you know, Cheryl Underwood and, and Lonnie Love and this new chick on MTV and Leslie Jones. I mean, is anyone seeing a pattern? Does anyone see, like, they're all fat, black, loud women, buffoonish black women? I mean, there's... Does anyone not see that? If you Google Mammy, you know, just look at the image that comes up, and, and you, it's impossible, you know, the big, big lips, the bright lipstick, the big hair, the, you know, big teeth, just overly dramatic. You know, it's just, and it's not a positive image. It's, that's the image that's always been used to oppress us and make fun of us. You know, and yet we now the only difference is we're doing it willingly to ourselves because we are, we unfortunately identify the fact that that's the image that we have to have in order to be successful in Hollywood. And be, back in the day, people were willing to say that, hey, I don't want to conform to what Hollywood says I have to do to be successful. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I'm going to break this barrier down. I'm going to get get into Hollywood a different way. You know, whereas now is most people aren't doing that. They just say, "Hey, 
this is what needs to be done. So, so be it. I got to be a buffoon? Hey, whatever. I'll be a buffoon. And that's what has to happen. You know, that's what is happening. You know, so that, I mean, and just watch it and you'll see, you'll see them all over. You'll see them all over. And it'll all be under the name of comedy, but really do some research on where that that same type of comedy originated and and look at the environment that was in the, you know, what was going on around that time. And then fast forward, you're like, oh, snap, it's the same thing. The only difference is now we don't understand. We haven't been educated, most people, to understand that, hey, the joke's on us, just like it was back then. But now it's just we just don't know we're being oppressed. Back in the day when you saw that, man, we understood, like, whoa, guys are coming at our necks. You're making us, you're making a buffoon out of it. You're making a fool of it. A big black woman in black face, dark, you know, black skin. You know what I mean? Charcoal black skin. You're not, you're not laughing with us. You're laughing at us. You know, everyone knew that back then. So how can we don't know, know it today? It's the same imagery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You think it's a coincidence they put Leslie Jones in, in Ghostbusters acting all crazy while she's on Saturday Night Live, why everyone cares that she's no longer on Twitter and then she joins Twitter? Because, you know, you got always got to have a mammy. You know what I'm saying? There will never be enough mammies, you know, according to them. So it's crazy. I just gave you all a history lesson, man. If you never took a, a history of African-American television course in college or, you know, anything like that, do some research, man. This stuff goes far, far back. This type of stuff you got to be teaching your kids. They're gonna start. They're, they're not teaching your kids this stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is the type of stuff you got to teach your own kids. You know, so they know. You know, you teach. You know, if somebody's making fun of your kid now. You you teach them to defend themselves. Well, guess what? Mainstream media is making fun of us as a people, and we gotta defend ourselves. Defend ourselves by not supporting it. What else is going on out here? The Olympics. We you know last week my, was my. Uh, post-Olympic special, I talked about Ryan Lochte and, you know, all these other people. And what did I just tell you? What did I tell you last week? Who heard last week's show? What did I tell you? I said, look, you're going to be seeing a lot more of Ryan Lochte, right? I told you all that last week. Go back and listen to the show if you missed it. I predicted it. I said, watch this. I said, this is his, quote, initiation, public humiliation. If anyone knows how that whole, whole thing goes, I said, just watch. You're going to be seeing a lot more of Ryan Lochte. And what do you know? He's going to be featured on the next Dancing with the Stars, right? You know, and coincidentally, he'll he'll have to miss the uh, the 2017 World Championships, you know. But that's okay because he's he's got a whole new career lined up. You know, you see how you see how that works. Well, I mean, he's going to be a superstar. We're going to be seeing all types. I don't know what he's going to do, but trust me, this is the this is how it starts. And just remember this conversation. You're going to be seeing a lot more of Ryan Lockman. He's like, he's going to be the new it guy. Right? What else is going on at Rod? Uh, Usain Bolt. This guy's a pimp, man. This guy's guy. He said, they said that he, he was report, reportedly seen having 27 different women coming in and out of his hotel room after the Olympics. 27 different women. This dude, I mean, you know, you, I've seen videos of him 
uh, you know, dancing in the club with these with these women doing different things. You know, and nobody says anything about that, man. No, you know, he's Usain Bolt. He's the the fastest man in the world. You know, and you know, I have no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem with him. But I guess what we have to do is we we got to ask ourselves: Is that the type of image that you want for your children? Is that the type of man you want for yourself? Right? I mean, I see a lot of times, you know, and this isn't this is just his, his history. You know, a lot of times you see parents, mom's not around, or mom is used to being abused by the by the man in her life, and dad is the same type of Usain Bolt type of you know type of guy having sex with women, and so a lot of times that becomes women's reality, right? I mean, that becomes what you see. That's what you see. That's what you know. So that's what you settle for as an adult. You know, how many women have the Usain Bolt? Baby fathers, Usain Bolt, ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends. You know, you know, you see. In fact, the, the irony with that is, that's how I was back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Women, I was that guy where, you know, women would always see me with different women. You know, and so I was a quiet type of guy. But, you know, they just saw me with different women. So they didn't know me or really anything about me other than the fact that they saw me with a lot of different women. That was intriguing to them. And the crazy thing is women be like, oh, no, I don't want the player. He's a player. He's a dog. Well, how do dogs, these quote-unquote players and dogs, end up having so many women? Because it turns women on. Because those same type of players remind them of their fathers, remind them of their exes, who even though they broke their heart, they did them dirty, they still opened up a certain sexual, you know, realm. And that's just dying to be tapped back into no pun intended, you know. I, said, I mean, come on. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, you know. And why do you think so many women have ba- multiple baby fathers who are like the same type of deadbeat? I mean, yeah, he's a deadbeat. Yeah, he's not the great, great of a father, but he was great at laying the pipe, right? I mean, I mean, let's keep it real. That's what it is, right? Why do you have five different kids by the same two guys? You know they're deadbeats. You got to, you know I mean, take them, take them to child support court because you know he's not paying no bills. You know he's not coming around. But you keep allowing him not into the children's lives but into your bedroom because the sex is good. That, that's where that soul tie comes in. It just allows you to and causes you to, to make decisions that you know you wouldn't normally make and you know aren't the best for you. I mean, how does how do how do women know about Usain Bolt? Like, the, like the woman, like for example, the girlfriend. He has a girlfriend. I don't know if you guys saw the story. I posted it on my page. But he he was he had a girlfriend. He broke up with the girlfriend. Went to the Olympics. Came back from the Olympics. Stayed in the hotel for like two weeks. Smashed off like twenty seven chicks. And then he got back with his ex girlfriend. You get that's exactly how that goes. Women don't care. And now they're talking about getting married and this and that. Ladies, you don't have to settle for that. You know, your husband, trust me, your husband would be able to lay the pipe just as good. You know what I mean? You don't have to go backwards to someone who you know is a no-good guy just because he fulfills certain sexual fantasies. Nobody wants to talk about that, but, I mean, that's the reality of it. It all comes down to sex. No other reason. No other good reason other than the fact 
He has you swinging from a chandelier a few times a week. Right? And we got to get back to really having faith and trusting God that he's going to give you what you've actually prayed. But that's what happens. When you lose faith in God, you, you just kind of settle for whatever. But you guys already know that, right? You know, what else is going on out here, man? Shout out to Swiss Beats. I mean, I mentioned uh, uh, Alicia Keys, you know, uh, you know, going in this whole no makeup thing. And I saw a video of um, of uh, Alicia, of uh, Swiss Beats, you know, you know, taking up for her and defending her, which I thought was really cool, you know, and coming at the necks of these haters, you know, which, you know, it's all stupid, man. And here's the thing. Alicia Keys looks better than 90% of the women who are criticizing her about this makeup. You know, you understand that? I mean, she's a beautiful woman. A lot of the women who are criticizing her are not. You know what I mean? Let's just let's just stop. And, you know, the only time you criticize someone is because you don't feel good about yourself. All right, what else is going on out here, man? There, There's this, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mentioned Kanye West earlier. Um, and, and this isn't new, but I posted the video of him doing a freestyle at one of his concerts where he actually admitted to uh, selling his soul to the devil. I, I, we were talking last week about uh, uh, Birdman, you know, revealing that he also sold his soul to the devil when he was on Music Moguls, and I took a video of it and posted in the group. And he was saying, I gave my soul to this, I sold my soul to this. And uh, Kanye West said, you know, I sold my soul to the devil. I know it was a crappy deal, but at least it came with a few toys like a Happy Meal, you know. And, and the irony with that is that that's actually pretty much how it goes. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to be a superstar, you sell your soul, you know. you uh, and, and, yes, it will be an absolutely crappy deal because you're going to spend eternity in, you know, in purgatory, you know. So, yes, it is in that regard a crappy deal, but while you're here on this earth, it will, in fact, that, that arrangement, that agreement will come with, a few toys, meaning a few cars, a few houses, a few boats, you know, worldwide fame, magazine covers, you know, what, pretty much whatever you want. But that's the, the deal you make with the devil. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I came across an interview that I did um, several years ago here on the show. One of my first interviews was with former bad boy recording artist Mark Curry. I mean, if you old heads may remember Mark Curry being on Bad Boy, he's a rapper. You know, I came up listening to him back in the day. And uh, interestingly enough, he, he came out with a book called Dancing with the Devil. And um, it's actually, a rap, you know, uh, addressing his time on the Bad Boy record label and just the, the demonic and satanic nature of the industry. And, and you know, and back in the day, I interviewed him. I had him on my show. This might have been really probably almost 10 years ago at this point. He was one of my first interview, first celebrity interviews. And, uh, but unfortunately it was before my eyes were really fully open to how they are now. And it was like, wow, I, I kind of, I'm looking, I may even have to get in touch with him to have him back on the show. Because if you listen to that interview, you know, 10 years ago, and then you listen to, you know, what that interview would look and sound like today, it'd be much different. And I'd, I'd be very interested in, in, uh, you know, discussing with him, you know, what it was like and what kinds of things needed to happen in order to achieve a certain level of fame in, in the uh, music industry as we know it. 
You know, look out, maybe look out for that. You know, I know he's, you know, he wrote that book a while ago. Maybe I'm not sure what he's up to uh, nowadays. But yeah, man, he said I sold my soul to the devil. Big deal, but at least it came with a few toys, like a happy man. This guy. What's up with uh, more entertainment news? Um, I was reading, actually, I was watching on TV. They're doing a um, the, the Miss America pageant is coming up, and uh, they were saying there's the first ever lesbian, openly lesbian, openly gay uh, Miss America contestant, and I believe she actually comes from uh, St. Louis. She's Miss Miss or Miss Missouri, I believe it, it is, and. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see her win, you know, just you know, all the women that are running, you know, the first time as an openly gay candidate or openly gay contestant, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if, if she somehow, you know, won the whole thing. You know, that's how that stuff kind of tends to go. So that's pretty much the, uh, the entertainment news. I know that um, as far as the VMAs, I may come back and, and revisit it. Like I told you, I haven't, watch the whole thing uh, just yet. I know Beyonce did a performance. I, I haven't even had the desire to uh, to watch Beyonce's performance, but I, I'll probably check it out, you know, at some point. And, um, but there, now, so there were a couple other, uh, as far as Ask State On Advice, I want to do some Ask State On Advice questions. One in particular I want to do, as well as discuss some of these topics from uh, from the Friends group. And you guys, go ahead and add yourselves, too, if you're listening and, you know, you haven't um, added yourself yet. It's the, the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. That's where I discuss a lot of these these topics that will ultimately be discussed on the show. Um, one of the, m- the more recent ones that we had, a discussion we had yesterday, and it's even still going on today, was on uh, dating a man. The question was, excuse me, not even a man, but would you date a person with a disability? And it was a very interesting uh, debate because a lot of the women, well, many of the women said yes, they would, It was, which was cool. Um, you know, a few of the women said no, they wouldn't, they weren't, you know, cool with that. You know, my thing is um, I think, I mean, like I said, everyone is entitled to do what they want to do. I can't say what you should or you shouldn't do. Or, you know, everyone has to have their own pref- personal preference. Uh, but I will say that you know, if and I can only speak from a male standpoint, um, obviously being a man. But if you are a woman, you know, and you want love, one of the most important things that men look for in a wife, you know, it's contrary to popular belief. You know, it's not sex. It's not a woman doing all this freaky stuff. Um, you know, that's not why men get mad. That's why men have sex. Uh, with with freaks, but that's not why we get married. Men don't get married for sex. You can have sex with anybody. You don't have to get married to have sex. But men get married to a special woman because of how she has our back. You understand that? If, if you have our back, then, you know, and you're a ride-or-die chick, you know, through thick and thin, richer for poor, till death do us part. Like, we take those vows seriously as men. And so if that's you know, who you are and you really love us and support us in that way, you're not going to have a problem getting a ring, you know. But the reality is, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of women are making it known that, that they're, that's not them. 
You know, they're not there for richer or for poor. They're there when the money's good. You know, they're there when the looks are good. They're there when the health is good. But when things get a little rocky, a lot of times the women are 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 not there. And so you can't or you or you make it known that you would not be there in that type those types of situations. And and so ladies, you really can't if that's how you are, you can't expect a man to to willingly and knowingly knowingly get into a relationship with you when you know that you're not really going to have his back. I mean, what kind of, only a fool would do that. Only a fool would, would wife up someone, you know, who um, did not have his back or would not have his back if he became paralyzed or, you know, or something like that. Um, so just, just keep that in mind, um, you know, especially, you know, it shouldn't matter if you're – see, here's the thing. If you're single – at, at, I don't care what age you are. At this point in your life, the next per if you're single, the next person you date on a serious level, or I should say, are in a relationship with, should be your husband. You, you understand that, or at least that should be the goal. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Like if you're dating someone who you know has no potential to be your husband, what are you doing? You see what I'm saying? What are you doing? Why, why would you? So if you're doing that, if you're dating someone with the intention of being with them forever, it shouldn't matter if they become disabled. That should be the same as if it happens when you're actually married because you're still viewing them in that way. That means you love him. You care about him, not just what he can do for you, but you actually care about him. And any woman, I can tell you, any woman who says that they would not support that man you know, in that way, I personally don't know of a man who would take that woman seriously, you know, or view her for anything other than sex. Because, and, and a lot of women don't understand that. That's, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, in society about what, you know, why women get dog, why men do the things they do, you know. And a lot of contrary to popular belief, a lot of women think that men just want sex. You know, they think that that is. You know, they think that that's our goal, but our goal is not, um, you know, it's not sex. But if if and when that's how he's treating you, that's because that's how he's viewing you. You know, it means that there's nothing that you, there's something that there's a problem with, or, or there's nothing that says you should be my wife. If I can't be your husband, if, there, if we can't have a future, what else is there to do? You still got a big butt. You still got a cute face. So that's why men take it to that level because there's nothing else to do with you. Either that or just, you know, kick you, know, kick you to the curb and do nothing. But most times men will choose to sex over that, you know. And a lot of women don't understand that thought process. They don't understand, wow, I haven't shown him anything that would make me worthy of being his wife. I would like to be taken seriously by him, but I haven't shown him anything that would even warrant that. Or I've shown him nothing but things that would, take away from him viewing me as a wife, you know? Ironically, maybe I've already had sex with him, you know? And we, we just got to get out of this whole overly sexualized society because it's only leading to, you know, men. And again, I can only speak from a male perspective, but, ladies, when you sleep with a man, that really just about takes away any desire for him to wife you up at all. You know, there's so much sex going on early on in these relationships. There's so much uh, sexuality, so much freakiness. 
you know, the, the sexting, uh, you know, the, the videos. You know, I've seen women taking, you know, videos of themselves masturbating and, you know, just all types of stuff, you know, and ex- yet it's still, still expecting that man to uh, to take them seriously. So, I don't know. You know, it is what it is, but just, you know, think about that stuff. Um, there was another discussion. Um, a lot of people commented, I think over 30, 40 responses on this most recent one on, uh, on tattoos, on, uh, <clears throat> you know, how many tattoos do you have? And a lot of women um, and men, some men have them. A lot of men don't have them. A lot of women don't have them. But a lot of people also had uh, tattoos on the thread. A lot of uh, so one thing that I saw, which was interesting, is that a lot of women had or had a few or had one or two, but expressed a regret, you know, about having those, which I found to be interesting. And um, one of the things that, you know, I, one time I did, you know, Gerald and I actually a while ago did probably one of the realest shows that I've ever done here on the show, specifically on tattoos, piercings. You get some time, Google that. You know, Google, was from several years ago, me and Gerald, we did a whole three-hour show, maybe a two-hour show back then, on, uh, on tattoos and just, you know, why, you know, what they mean in many cases, how we view them. Um, and just it was just a very real show, you know. So, and a lot of times what's interesting is women, I've found, often feel like they have to do something in order to level the playing field, you know, which is really sad. And, and what I, I really only see this in the black community. And I go out, I see so many white women um, just just wearing no makeup or just rocking the disheveled look, this kind of plain Jane, you know, not having the boobs out, you know, skirts coming down to the knees, you know, and being perfectly fine with it. I'm talking mainly in corporate America. And th- but then, you know, you see, I, I see, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, this is what I've seen over the course of my life. see so many African-American women, unfortunately, feel like they've got to come in with the, the business suit that's two sizes too small. You got the, the boobs hanging out. You got the white shirt with the white bra and knowing darn well people can see right through it. I mean, all that stuff is done on purpose. You know, wearing the super high heels. You see white women walk around in flats or like regular heels. And you see a black woman walking around with... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, look at walk, look like walking around on stilts, and and that's not necessarily the problem of the black woman. A lot of times, what that is is their belief in the imagery that the media has brainwashed them with. That says you are not normally as beautiful as your white counterpart, so you have to wear the weave. Your regular hair is not enough to be on an equal playing field with this white woman. So you've got to, you know, en- enhance yourself. You've got to get the fake boobs. You know, your eyes are just regular. So you've got to have this exotic, or you've got to put in the, the colored contacts. You've got to get the booty pops or, or wear a, a dress that accentuates, you know, your curves more than, more than normal. And just, you know, that's all, you know, or you, you know, you, your regular body, even in the bedroom, your body is not, you know, as desirable as, you know, someone else. So you've got to get this tattoo to enhance your beauty or to, you know, make it, give him something else to look at. You know, I, I can't tell you how many women I've seen 
you know, with some type of crazy tattoo that can't be seen by anyone else other than someone who is experiencing that woman sexually. You know, a tattoo right on their upper inner thigh. You know, tattoo on the ass. You know, what Biggie say, tattoo on Tata saying Big Papa. You know what I mean? Tattoo on Titty saying V-I-G, whichever version you... But, you know, that's what you see a lot of in the black community. I mean, it's that type of stuff. You know, your boobs aren't enough. It's not enough to just wear your boobs. You got to get a tattoo on it. It's, a, you know, something crazy. And and I'm just here to tell you that, that that's a myth. It's a media-driven myth. Because I don't know a man. Now, you know, women, I don't, you may, you know, you may feel differently uh, based on your personal experiences. But me personally, I don't know a man who, any man, who would who prefers who's seeking a wife and prefers a a woman with tattoos versus one that's without tattoos? Now, you know I know many men who are willing to accept certain tattoos. I mean, I've dated. Actually, have I? I've, oh, I I've quote unquote dated women with uh, tattoos. But now that I think about it, and I'm using that dated term extremely loosely, if you catch my drift. But now that I think about it, none of my actual exes have had tattoos. I mean, have had any tattoos. Isn't that interesting? And I think you'll find that with 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 many men. You know, certainly men definitely prefer. No one's just oh yeah, I, I want my wife tatted up. Come on, come on, guys. No, no one is saying that. Now that's not to say that you're unwifeable or undateable if you have tattoos. But it is, you know, again, it's just to help you understand the reality of the situation, you know, whether you want to get them removed or whether you just want to cover them up or, or even if you just want to have that knowledge that, wow, okay, I thought at one point this was enhancing my beauty when in reality it, it's not. It's kind of like a car. This is a great analogy, actually, car or vehicle. You know, you could buy a car, you know, and that vehicle is worth $10,000, right? But you go ahead and tint the windows, put the rims on it, put in an aftermarket stereo system, put a custom paint job on it. Well, now you may, you just spent, you know, another $10,000 on that vehicle. So now you, you're you feeling like, wow, I've got $10,000 invested in this vehicle. I paid ten, I put $10,000 into it. But to somebody else, to most people, anyone other than you, that vehicle isn't worth 20000 and guess what? It's not even worth ten thousand now. It's now worth five thousand because everything that you put into that car actually took away from the value of the. And I'm in the car. I sell cars. Like that's a very applicable analogy. Doesn't matter how much money you put into it, you can still take away value from it. You understand that? And so again, tattoos don't enhance your beauty. It takes away from piercings and fake eyes, fake eyelashes, all that. You know, wheeze, it doesn't enhance your beauty. It takes away from it. Now, it may enhance it to you, but if someone else is looking to find value in you, they're not going to see what you see. And so at some point, you've got to ask yourself, why am I seeing what I'm seeing? Is it because I really find value in these things? Or is it because something there's something beneath the surface that I'm not comfortable with? Maybe I'm believing the myth. Maybe I'm believing the lie of the media that says I have to do X, Y, and Z to be beautiful or to be society's definition 
are beautiful. You know, think about that stuff. Think about it. You know, but that was a very interesting uh, interesting debate, very interesting thread over in the uh, Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. Now, another interesting question was, um, would you be offended if your mate told you that he wasn't pleased sexually, you know, during, during sex, during lovemaking, and he gave you tips? Now, this is a very interesting question because um, a lot of people said, no, 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 they wouldn't be offended. A lot of women, I saw a lot of women say they wouldn't be offended, but the reality is a lot of women would be offended. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of women will be offended. A lot of times sex is actually going on specifically because of insecurity and low self-esteem, right? I mean, let's keep it real. A lot of these sexual experiences, you know, a lot of women don't even like sex like that. You'd be surprised how many women I've I've counseled, how many women I've, you know, I don't even like sex. I don't, you ever, can you relate to that ladies? Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't even like sex. A lot of times women, you know, they will own, a lot of times the sex is only being had because it's something that they feel like they have to do, you know, in order to, you know, uh, compensate for other things that they're not, they don't, they feel like, feel as though they don't have, or they feel like, wow, he won't take me seriously or he'll get it from somewhere else if I don't put out. And the reality is these are all, this is all false. These are all myths. You know, you don't even have to have sex. In fact, having sex actually takes away a man's interest in you, you know, and so a lot of times if a man is is actually giving you advice or giving you tips, there's no reason to be offended. In fact, that probably means that cares about you because if a man doesn't, you know, doesn't care about you, he doesn't care how to sex it. He'll probably just do whatever he does and be done with you. But if he's trying to increase the experience, most likely, you know, or the enjoyability piece of the of the sex, most likely it's because he's your husband, you know, and wants to have a, a, a long, have some longevity uh, with the marriage and be pleased in that marriage, you know, or he's looking at you in that way, you know. So don't uh, don't feel any type of way about that. Um, don't feel like you have to be pressured in anything, but at the same time, Always be open to uh, op- open to constructive criticism. In fact, on my last show, you know, you guys heard me discuss the husband. You know, the the man who who was paying for sex. He was so unsatisfied or dissatisfied in the bedroom, as far as his woman not, uh, you know, performing oral sex, that he would you, know, you know go to strip clubs and and pay prostitutes, you know, masquerading as strippers for uh, pay him a hundred dollars for for sex for, or for Oral sex. So there's a there's a lot going on, man. In fact, I was gonna, I was going to, I think I'm gonna save this question. There was one more question, the the, the female pastor question. I know a lot of people want to hear, but that one's a little bit long. And I've been talking for two hours, and I think I want to save that. And I think I even want to do a, have that be its own show. Like maybe just like I'll come back and just talk about that for like an hour because that there's a lot going on with this question. Um, uh, and this is an older question that many of you may remember from a, from a few years ago that I'm, I want to revisit because so many people uh, I know are newer listeners and who haven't heard uh, this question, haven't heard me discuss this question. So I think I'm actually going to save this one and then come back and um, on my next live show and, and discuss that one. And um, 
I'm gonna go ahead and, and wrap it up for today. But yeah, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, man. This is uh, like I told you guys before. This uh, the the Ask Dadon Advice Lunch Hour um, time slot. It really works well for me. And so, like I said, I'm gonna be doing a lot more of these. But um, you guys are definitely welcome to continue to listen on the other nights at nine o'clock, and um, you know, or continue listening. Um, you know, throughout the day. But, yeah, I thank you guys for listening, and um, I will see you next time. Have a good day.
Date on tour, come and change 